Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. Uh, Aurora and I are excited to continue our discussions with football as we do uh, previews for the NFL with the divisions. Today we will be talking about the NFC South. And uh, this division has a lot of question marks, lots of things up in the air, news for you know pretty much every team except for one at this point. And, uh, yeah, we'll dive into a little bit of scenarios, things that have happened in the offseason, and see where we stand uh, when all this breaks out. First comment real quick before we dive into this is um, Team USA uh, yesterday actually lost to France uh, in an uh, Olympic game that was very upsetting. I mean, it was, it was stunning to say the least that they uh, would lose to France in this game. Uh, it was a seven-point loss. And, guys, I don't understand it. I really don't get it. There's absolutely no reason as to why we should be in games like that. Um, you know, why, why we would be in a dogfight um, in a game like that. It, it shouldn't even be close. So, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things that I would say we should put in place. Things that I would say that we should do. But, uh, you know, ultimately, it, it just doesn't seem like we're making the right selections. It doesn't seem like we're putting the right pieces in place to be competitive because there's no, without a doubt, we should be the top every year in the Olympics still. And for whatever reason, we are not um, beginning of this year. Now, just like in previous years, I think, you know, we'll gain momentum, learn to play together and get better. But guys need to figure that out. So that being said, um, we'll move on to the NFL to get to today's topic, the NFC South. Okay, the NFC South, right? There is a lot of teams there that have uh, definitely questions, uh, quarterback changes, things like that going on. So without further ado, let's jump into the first team. We'll be talking about the Atlanta Falcons, okay? So the Atlanta Falcons, guys, Matty Ice's team, Matt Ryan, um, not having to go through Breeze uh, opens the door a bit for the team. You know, they don't have to go through Drew Breeze. Uh, so that is, you know, most people believe the Saints will drop off a little bit. And that could allow the Falcons maybe to do a little bit better. Who knows? No receiver issues with, uh, you know, fresh young blood that's coming in. However, the big deal that happened was they moved to Leo Jones. All right, moving Julio Jones, guys, is a huge, huge hole when it comes to this team because if you look at it, I mean, <laughs> guys, he still did a lot. You know, he was still 770, 771 yards receiving, 57 catches on 68 targets. I mean, he only played nine games, so he had some wear and tear. And and the big thing for Julio is everybody you know wants to say that Julio is injury prone, things like that. Yes, he is injury prone. But he doesn't miss games by being injury prone. And I think that's the thing that has a negative stigma on him that kind of needs to go away because he doesn't miss games due to injury. You know, uh, last year was kind of a more significant year for him to miss with injuries. But typically he plays through injuries all the time and he performs very well. So I wish we could kind of get away from that stigma for him. Uh, however, last year did kind of make it a bit worse. Uh, obviously only playing nine games like we mentioned. 15.1 yard average per catch, uh, three touchdowns. He's never been a huge touchdown guy to begin with in the league. So, you know, I don't think that's a huge differentiator there. 85 yards per game. 
when he was playing. Guys, that's that's top of most teams in the league if you go look at it like that's that's a really high number right there um calvin ridley and russell gage were the only two receivers to outscore him from a yardage standpoint um and a target and reception standpoint now the thing is both of those guys played 15 plus games so calvin ridley played 15 obviously he missed the one russell gage played the 16 so that's 51 balls out there to be caught 68 targets out there to be gained for someone okay so to me this is a huge hole they need to kind of fill um i know they drafted kyle pitts and i know everybody's super excited about kyle pitts right guys everybody loves the idea of kyle pitts but if you look at it last year i mean a lot of people were hyped about hayden hurst um he had 88 targets 56 catches if you get you know the same type of target amount which is what you'll you'll see you'll see there will be common trends with the target amount maybe they go a little bit more to him so maybe he gets 100 targets if he can get that you know catch rate up from what Hayden Hurst was doing and now with that 100 targets you know you get a good 75 to 80 catches out of that that's not horrible that's that's a really good season that's that sounds great for a tight end um but yeah I would look to see him play more of a wide receiver position than a tight end position uh, even even though he is classified as a tight end, I mean, this guy can move. He can get up and down the field. I watched a lot of tape on him. I loved watching him at Florida. Uh, he, he's definitely going to be a very different type of tight end. However, I don't believe we're going to see him be like a Travis Kelsey type of tight end where he's just uh, like a solid mismatch nightmare from his size, okay? Yes, he's big. However, he's not going to be going out posting up, guys. He's not going to be out there as a mismatch for linebackers. Like, linebackers are going to be big enough for him. But he's going to be too fast for linebackers. And he will be too big for cornerbacks. So I don't think he's going to play twi quite the way that Kelsey does when Kelsey is, you know, dominant. But I think he's going to be a really good player. And that we'll, we'll see. If he ends up voting well, this offense could get back to where it was. Also look for Russell Gage to get some uh, some heavy a heavy workload there because he's a good wide receiver as well, guys. He really is. So let's see him get a little more work. From the rushing standpoint, a lot of question marks a lot of question marks guys there's um 195 uh rushing attempts that are vacated by todd Gurley leaving that will open the door mike davis is who they signed mike davis did definitely wear down toward the end of last season and we'll see what happens with mike davis maybe he can hold it on for the whole season i think they were leaning on him a little too heavy in carolina because carolina likes to lean heavy on their running backs and I think that made him wear down a little bit more. But if you look at Todd Gurley's production throughout the season, it didn't really taper off. He stayed pretty consistent. I think my Davis can do that as well. I think they kind of ran him into the ground a bit uh, there. So big questions, obviously, for this team is the running back and the defense. Okay, can the defense hold up a bit? They don't have to be, you know, a Pro Bowl defense. They don't have to be a defense that's like top five in the league. But if they can get to be top 15, Matt Ryan can get hot. He can get really hot. He can get very streaky. And he can elevate this team. You know, the year they won the Super Bowl, there wasn't a lot of differences to this team from where they were a year, two years ago. Um, it was just Matt Ryan was on fire. Okay. And so that can happen. That can still happen. You just got to put the right things in place. So we'll see what happens. I still believe they will be the worst team in the division, uh, but I think it'll be pretty close with them and some of the others. Definitely closer than what we've seen uh, some other years. 
Moving on next, and this is talking about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, shocker, guys. There's a new quarterback in New Orleans. As everybody knows out there, uh, you know, Drew Brees did decide to retire, vacating a huge position in the NFL for a iconic Hall of Fame player. You know, this offense was built around him, for him, with him. I mean, it's you can't really ta talk about how much it's going to take away from his team. However, I will say they did play quite a bit last year without him. You know, he only played 12 games, so that's four games they played without him, and that is a good enough sample size. It's a good enough size of games to get other guys involved, see how the offense runs, and they did pretty well even without him on the field. It was okay. So I think that we'll see some good production from this offense still. However, Alvin Kamara is worrying me quite a bit. Um, you know, he's talked about certain things he's you know consulting with nascar and stuff he's you know he's talking about whining and crying about the season getting longer like so to me i'm concerned about alvin kamara i don't know if he's going to be focused enough for them for him to be a dominant force again this season i think he's going to be a little bit um just removed from the team a bit when it comes to being off field. I don't think he's going to be as focused as he was. Maybe Drew Brees was that guy that kept his head on straight and kept him focused on the offense and things like that. So we'll see. I think that he will take a big drop off, not because he is losing production or the offense or anything like that. I just think he doesn't have his head in the right place, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, that You heard that from me, and maybe I'm wrong on that. Hopefully I'm wrong on that, but whatever. So lost Jared Cook and Emmanuel Sanders from the receiving standpoint. You know, when you look at that, you know, Emmanuel Sanders had 81 targets, 61 receptions. That's a good amount of targets out there for someone to go up and get. And from a receiving standpoint, Alvin Kamara led the team in receptions. I mean, he was worked like a dog last year, guys. I get it. I get that he could be concerned about those things. Let's hope that he's concerned about it because he legitimately was being worked too hard. Because he was. He had 186 rushing attempts and 107 receiving or receptions or targets. So 83 catches. I mean, that's a lot. That's a huge workload for anyone to take up. He had 932 yards rushing, so didn't quite hit that 1,000 mark. And receiving, I mean, he led the team in receiving. He led them in receptions. He led them in targets. He led them in yards. What else are you going to say, right? Um, Emmanuel Sanders vacating is definitely going to be a big thing. And Michael Thomas is going to be starting the year not – playing he's going to be injured again so injury issues are coming michael thomas's way last year he battled injuries this year he's starting the season battling injuries maybe he's going to be the next julio jones where hey this guy's injuries prone what are we going to do with him um hopefully that doesn't happen but hey we could see it go that way traquan smith will definitely have to step up he got 50 targets 34 catches last year 13.2 yards per catch so he played pretty well that's a, that's a pretty good stat line guys and if you look at his yards after catch i mean he did pretty well there also he had 130 yards after the catch so Definitely able to get upfield, make some guys miss, things like that. I, I think Traquan has a chance to really step up this year. He's a guy you should look at a little bit later in your fantasy drafts. Definitely check him out because, as I said, Michael Thomas will be hurt. Alvin Kamara probably will not be used to the extent that he was used last year. And Traquan could be that number one option 
to start the season, as scary or not scary as that sounds. Now, from the tight end standpoint, like I said, they lost Jared Cook. They didn't really feel too much uh, in that position. They have Adam Troutman, who's uh, supposedly going to step up and take that spot. But they haven't really brought in a ton of talent from the outside with that. This team's really going to decline, guys. It's going to decline. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Taysom Hill. I don't care if it's James Winston. They're going to decline. It's definitely a step down from where they were last year, not because of Drew Brees leaving, not because of him leaving. It's a step down because of the loss of Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, and we don't know what we're going to get out of guys behind that, and they haven't filled those roles with anyone significant. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. They're, they're definitely going to decline, but I think they'll be okay. Personally, I think they will play better with Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill gives them more options on the offensive end. I think that he will create more running room, more lanes for Alvin Kamara in the way that that offense is schemed and the way that they run. Jameis Winston's in there. He gives you more chance to lose a game than he does to win you games. That's what I have against him. I've always had that against him, and I have never been a fan of him. Personally, I can't stand him off the field. Uh, he, you know, he, he's one of those guys that I, I wouldn't want him on my team. I wouldn't want to invite him over to dinner in my family's house. I, I wouldn't want him around my kids. Like he's not the type of guy that I want around. Um, so yeah, really don't like him. Don't want him in that position. Um, again, we talked about it previously before on the podcast with certain guys. He's a guy that made mistakes. He's a guy who done things wrong and continues to have a job and continues to have chances in the NFL. I just don't understand why these guys don't have to live in the real world like everybody else. So huh, that being said, um, the biggest question I think for them is will the team be motivated enough after losing their leader? You know, very similar to what you saw after the Ravens lost Ray Lewis um, when he retired. There was, a, there was a few years there they really slumped and I worry about this from a mental standpoint with this team. Are they going to be able to be motivated? Are they going to be able to put 110% effort out there on the field? And and that's really where the question comes in at. You know, it, I just don't know. And, and we're not going to know until the season starts. But definitely a lot of opportunity to grow. A lot of new players need to step up and things there for them to be really competitive. I I could see them definitely not making the playoffs this year. Uh, we'll see once we get to the end of all these previews kind of where we think they land. As of right now, I'm kind of leaning towards them not making the playoffs. But um, we'll have to see a little bit more. We'll have to see a little bit in the training camp, see a little bit of the preseason before we kind of make that note a bit, see who's going to be starting because that's going to definitely factor in as well. But yeah, so moving on from the Saints, we're talking about my more exciting team, Aurora's favorite team from this division, the Carolina Panthers, all right? Especially because we love the commercial with uh, Christian McCaffrey, and I can't remember the celebrity's name, but they're sitting up there, they're talking about what type of celebration that uh, that Christian McCaffrey should do, and he's sitting there and he's telling Christian McCaffrey, you need to climb up on the goalpost, you need to sit up there, you need to perch like a panther. And it's just, it's just a funny, funny commercial. I love it so much. Um, and I really love Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's done everything the right way. He's went about things the right way in the league. He's not all about himself. He's focused on teams, focused on what he can do for them. And this guy is a workhorse on and off the field. And he has done all the right things in the community there uh, to be a great person to be around. A uh, little bit more soft-spoken, you know, not necessarily that Drew Brees type personality in the, in the locker room, things like that. 
but he definitely goes about his job the right way. So we're real big fans of Christian McCaffrey here, um, both on the field and off the field. Now, getting into the Carolina Panthers, obviously the new big thing for them is quarterback position. Guys, they had Teddy Bridgewater there as kind of a Band-Aid. Um, you know, he didn't hit the 4,000 yards mark. Honestly, he, he performed pretty well. He played 15 games. He had 3,700 yards. He completed 69% of his passes. I mean, that's not bad, guys. It's really not bad. And th that's the thing I think people have looked at Teddy from a standpoint of how he plays, and they just assume that he's not a great quarterback. Because here's the thing. He doesn't make eye-catching plays. He doesn't make big-name plays. He's not going to, you know, throw the ball behind his back to somebody or whatever. You know, he, he doesn't chuck the ball downfield all the time. But he's a guy who will play consistently for you. And I think he has the chance to be a good quality starter somewhere. If someone puts him in that position, he did very well at Minnesota before the injury hit him and, you know, early in his career. And I think if he gets the right chance, I think he could perform well. I also think he performed pretty he performed admirably well last year. He really did. You know, Christian McCaffrey played three games. Three games. That's your best guy, okay? Your best player only played three games last year. <laughs> what, what do you expect? What do you expect? I mean, that, that's the main focus of your offense. You're not going to be the most competitive uh, team when that happens. But I think he definitely made up for some things. If you look at it, if you got a horrible quarterback, you're not going to have two guys go 1,000 yards plus receiving. And they did. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson did their thing. They balled out and they played great, great football. Okay, both of them over a thousand yards. Robbie Anderson, I think, surprised a lot of people. Uh, we we anticipated that he would be, you know, playing very well into the season. And if you look at it reception-wise, man, there's a huge difference when it comes to that. So Robbie Anderson, 95 receptions on the year. DJ Moore, 66 receptions on the year. But they were only about 100 yards off of each other from a yardage standpoint. Average yards per catch is 11. For Robbie Anderson as opposed to 18 for DJ Moore. DJ Moore was definitely that deep threat target. He was the guy you look towards on the outside to get going. Um, yeah, so both of those guys really tore it up. I think they have a chance to continue doing that again. Uh, they did lose Curtis Samuel, which I don't think takes a lot away from this offense. You know, Curtis Samuel was 77 catches on 97 targets and, you know, 851 yards. Now, that's fine. I, I think that that's going to be missed a little bit from a receiving standpoint. However, you've got Christian McCaffrey coming back. He's going to take up a lot of those receptions, and you're going to be fine. You do have some young guys there that could go out there and catch some passes, you know, Farrell Cooper and some of those guys that could step in, maybe do something. But we will have to see ultimately where it lands with them. Now, looking at the receiving, looking at the rushing game from last year, guys, Mike Davis did his thing. He came in. He balled out. I think he really surprised a lot of people. Played 15 games, 642 rushing yards. Yeah, it's down a bit from where you'd ideally want a starter to be. Ideally, you want, you know, 750 plus at least. And so he definitely fell short, and he tapered off toward the end of the season. But if you look at it, he was fourth on the team in receptions. He had 59 receptions, 70 targets. And then rushing, you know, he had 165 carries. That's a lot. He had a big workload. And with that big workload is going to be some fatigue. You're going to wear down a bit later in the season. And that's that's nothing at fault to him. I don't think you can 
prepare yourself for that. I don't think you can sit there and, and go out and make sure that you're going to be able to be good on all that. That's going to be hard on anyone's body, no matter what shape or age that they're in. But, uh, you know, he averaged, he averaged 42 yards per game. I think that could have been up quite a bit if he was playing regularly, um, you know, and, and not used as much, you know, give him a little bit more chance to rest and things like that throughout the season. I think he would have played a bit better. But ultimately, Christian McCaffrey's coming back. Their rushing game is going to be dynamite again. Now, here's the big factor, the biggest factor for me with this team. They have a very young defense very young defense and people were down on their defense people bash their defense guys you can get all upset with their defense all you want i don't care what you have to say about their defense because i think their defense played amazing football i think their defense has a chance to become one of the top defenses in the league top defenses in the league coming up okay i'm dead serious about that they look for them to be one of the best if not the best defense in the league within the next two to three seasons um if not sooner than that these guys are young they're hungry and they have a lot of talent on that defense so look for the defense to step up play a lot better i think this is a dark horse team for me and aurora again we may be a little biased because we love the panthers we love what christian mccaffrey's doing in this on this standpoint in this comp this division but this is a team i think could be a dark horse to go ahead and make the playoffs especially because Young quarterback in Sam Darnold, okay? I feel Sam Darnold will flourish in this offense. Um, he has a good line, which he did not have when he was in New York. Thank God they're fixing their, their line now after Darnold's left. But Darnold is still a young quarterback. He still has a lot of opportunity in, in him, and he has a lot of talent. And with that talent, I think he will play tremendous football i think that he's going to play similarly uh maybe a little bit better than bridgewater did because of this offense i think it's going to adhere to him and his tendencies a little bit better and so good receivers you have amazing running back young but good defense i'm predicting that they're a, a team that could definitely make the playoffs um depending on how the season breaks obviously there's plenty of things that can happen but I think there's a pretty good chance of them making the playoffs. I'm definitely going to be a lot higher than most people when it comes to predicting this team going to the playoffs or not. So look for them to make some noise. I think they'll bounce back, have a really good season. And this defense, once it gets really good, they'll get back to where they were years ago with Steve Smith and them when they were going to the playoffs and they were a contender pretty much every year for you know four or five years there. And I think they'll get back to there once this defense steps up because their offense has everything that it really needs at this point. Now, last, we will talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? Defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all right? Everybody knows everything about these guys. They're reported in the news a little more than they even need to be. You know, they're returning everyone. Everyone's coming back. There's not really a lot to talk about when it comes to this, except for the fact that the question everyone's asking every year right now is Brady actually going to start showing his age? Is he actually going to show a drop-off in production because of his age? And here's the thing I will tell you guys. I was listening to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe it was Good Morning Football or something like that. And they were sitting there saying, you know, even Drew Brees, you know, you could see later on in his career Drew Brees was dropping off. And, you know, you just don't see that with Brady at all. That's bullcrap. That's absolute bullcrap. If you guys go back and watch Buccaneers games last year, especially late in the season, and even into the playoffs, Tom Brady showed fatigue. 
He definitely did. He showed some wear and tear. And if you guys don't pay enough attention, you will miss it. He played very safe, fundamental football. And he played, he played, he, he could do that and win because Bruce Arians is a great coach. I mean, hands down, he's, he's an amazing coach. So he played very conservative football from a quarterback standpoint. And he had all his guys around him that were amazing players. He had Gronkowski, who he was very familiar with when it got in the postseason. That's where he went quite a bit more in the postseason than other times. So he's done that. Um, he also had Antonio Brown, who still has a lot left in him. You know, it's just the off-field stuff that's got people kind of pushed away from him. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I mean, come on. And O.J. Howard as well coming back. I mean, what, what more do you want from an offensive standpoint? I mean, you can't name a lot of specialty you know, offensive players that stack up to that group right there. Um, the running back game played amazing football as well, and the defense stepped up so much. If the defense hadn't stepped up and played as good as it did in the postseason, they they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. They wouldn't have had a chance. They wouldn't have had a chance because I'm telling you right now, go back, look at the tape. Tom Brady showed wear and tear. He showed missed throws that I haven't seen. He He showed deep balls that he was errant on. He showed deep balls that he couldn't push downfield at times. So I'm telling you right now, I saw it last year, and I think we'll continue to see it progress. Now, most people are going to say they didn't see it last year and whatever. Okay, fine. But it's going to progress. Um, I did see it last year. And don't be surprised if we don't see Tom start looking a little bit like Drew Brees where he's not pushing that ball down the field as much, which they can still do and win. So it's not saying anything about the Buccaneers. It's just saying, watch his game and watch what he does. I think his average target, um, you know, and and average completion will be down. I just I just really do. Uh, you know, if you go back and watch that team, uh, watch some of the tape. I'm telling you, I saw it multiple times when I was watching the games. Now he played very well last year. He had 610 attempts. He only averaged 7.6 yards per attempt. Okay, that. I mean, guys, that's not really pushing the ball down the field. That's that's about average. It's you know, it's kind of average. His completion percentage was 65%. This is pretty good. You know, he threw the ball. His longest was 50, which I think we've seen quite a bit higher than that before in his career. You know, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Again, very fundamentally sound, great football. But I didn't see him push the ball downfield as much as he could have, or I think should have, because with the weapons around him, there should be a lot of guys getting open downfield, and we didn't see that okay so like i said everybody's kept intact everybody's still in place from last year look for scotty miller to maybe make some noise here and there just like he did last year it'll be interesting to see if Keyshawn vaughn steps up and maybe does makes a little bit of noise this year from a running back standpoint but they keep fordette ronald jones doing their thing yeah that backfield's gonna be pretty solid um yeah, I think his team was just clicking on all cylinders. I think Bruce Arians did, definitely did a great job. And, uh, you know, Brady, Brady did what he needed to do. Played good enough to, to win the title. So, you know, you can't fault him for anything there. But, again, I did think he was wearing and tearing a little bit. Watch for that. I think it will start happening, especially after the halfway point of the season. It's going to be interesting because I, I guarantee you, after halfway through the season, that yards per attempt, yards per catch, for him, from a passing standpoint, is definitely going to drop telling you right now so watch for that anyway with this division we will wrap things up um with the nfc south and you know 
for us right now, and again, we'll we'll finish doing predictions and things later on at a later date. But as of right now, I think you know we would predict the Bucks. Um, you know, they'll start strong. I think they might decline a little bit uh, over the course of the year, just depending on what goes on, what happens throughout the season. But I think they'll diminish a little bit, come back down to earth a bit. I think Darnold plays uh, the way he's supposed to, the way he was meant to when he first came in this league. So I honestly have the Panthers number two in this division with Atlanta being in third just because they have no defense. That's purely it. I think the offense will be a little bit better this year than before. I think Matt Ryan, you know, he can obviously go off whenever, but I think he'll go off over a really good season. And then the Saints, I, I think a lack of motivation and leadership is going to hurt them, bring them back down to earth. So uh, that's definitely where we see them from this standpoint. And again, we will make some predictions a little bit later on. But that being said, we will move on from the NFC South. And, uh, yeah, really appreciate you guys listening. What do you guys think? Uh, give us your thoughts, opinions, anything we can do to make things a little bit more entertaining um, out there for everybody listening. And, uh, yeah, you guys will hear from us again on Wednesday. So thank you so much. Have a great one.